Hi, this is Peter Rivera, and I'm the original drummer and lead singer of the group Rare Earth. We've had a long career, 50 years. We've played all over the world. We've recorded many, many albums and lots of hit singles. I'm going to talk about them all. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the stories. So there we were on the Billboard charts, number 40-something. But we were happy. We were dancing around. We had a little party. We were all clipped a page out of Billboard, stuck it on the refrigerator. You know. The next week, we moved up. We kept moving up over the weeks that followed. Our song was being played, started to go all across the country. R&B crossover, pop to R&B, back and forth. Things were just happening, and it was phenomenal. So we were getting some calls about going and playing some shows. And of course, we were going to be the opening act for, oh gosh, everybody from Dr. Hook to, to uh, oh, I just can't even remember. There were so many. We played college circuits and, 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 and different cities, theaters, opening up big time and trying to book bigger and bigger stuff. You know, the manager was busy, busy doing that. We were signed up with William Morris Agency, which was at the time the biggest in the world. So the dates started coming in and, you know, some of them we we took and we went and learned how to travel and, and take the roadies with us and learning all that process. And there is a ton of stuff to learn. We had to have a road manager and flights and just a crazy, crazy time. It was fabulous. Because now we're going out on the stage and we're playing our hit song. And that was thrilling because people just love to get ready. And of course, we played, we played the long version, you know, 20 minutes at a time. It was just, it was just great. We were having a good one. Some of the backstage stuff that went on was pretty crazy stuff. Groups were everywhere in different dressing rooms and passing each other and the whole show was ready to go and people were all nervous and excited and here we go. And we got a chance to meet uh, an awful lot of players. and, and I mean, you didn't sit and chat with them forever. You just kind of, hey, how you doing? What's going on? exchange names, shake hands, talk about this and that. Uh, but it was a great scene, you know, to have in the back rooms, off stage, and and uh, all anticipating a great show that night. And, and uh, we were learning, learning, learning. I used to go out and watch, after we opened up a show, I'd always sit right off the stage and watch the headliners kind of learn what they do and how they how they hold themselves and what were they bringing to the party and and uh, just picking up on all this stuff and, and then, oddly enough, using some of it in the future, as I'm sure all groups do. You learn from people, you find out what's effective and, and, and uh, you, you kind of zero in and hone in on your craft a little to bring more exciting... Uh, moments on stage. I remember I was just so blown away with some of the headline acts. 
because they they had it all together, you know. We were we were kind of learning the ropes, and they had the ropes, and and she just some of the things that we picked up on were amazing that we've used forever. And you get to a point where you've been through all the mess ups and shortcomings of doing live shows, and you start learning how to move through all that. And, and present yourself in such a way that, you know, the crowd really digs what you're doing and, and things are happening really good for you. We had recorded Get Ready, Born to Wander, and Losing You, three hits in a row. And things were getting a little strange in the group. Um, strange being that uh, some people thought that maybe they had a better insight to th- to the music we should do than the music we were doing. And one of the guys, Rod Richards, who was a great guitar player, nice guy and everything, he kind of got a little carried away in what he thought was the direction that we should maybe be going in. And... We didn't agree with that, and eventually the band was getting pretty upset about the push and shove from Rod uh, concerning songs and, and, and the way we played. And it was a time where Jimi Hendrix was coming on real strong and, and pretty influential, and it's almost like Rodney wanted to be another kind of Jimi Hendrix, uh, a standalone guitar player. And we would talk to him about being within the group and, and all for the good of the group. And it just didn't seem like that was working out. So anyway, it came time for us to ask Rodney to leave the group. It was really a down time for us because nobody wanted to do that. But we just didn't feel that there was any any redeeming stuff coming out of all this tension. And so it was decided that Rodney had to go. Our keyboard player, Kenny James, was a pretty quiet guy, and he was a great player, and and, uh, he did really well on the records I was just talking about, Get Ready, Born to Wander, Losing You. Kenny wanted to move on. He, as I knew it, he kind of had a love affair, and he wanted to be with her. And I don't think he really cared for the road. I don't really think that he looked at it as though it was a a lifelong vocation, kind of like the rest of us did. And so we kind of let Kenny out of the band too. So suddenly we were looking for a guitar player and in Detroit there was a guy named Raymanette and he was pretty well known about Detroit and and he played in in some bands and recorded on records. Uh, He would get calls to go do studio work and he was really easy to work with, and he was a great, great player. 
still to this day, I regard Ray as probably one of the top guitar players I've ever heard. He was just a joy to play with, and I always looked forward to his input on on our music and records, and it was just really good. So we got a hold of Ray, and we invited him in, and he came in, and, and uh, we had rehearsals, and he worked up... Uh, uh, you know, get ready and losing you, born to wander, and and we were still uh, talking, you know, to Motown about doing more record projects, and so Ray was now in our band. Uh, Kenny was still there uh, on keyboard, but Ray came in, and uh, very funny thing happened. I don't think Ray was used to, you know, being on stage as like a headliner. Uh, when when we played and and the first night he ever played, he came in a suit that was like a f- American flag, the shirt, the pants, the whole thing, and we kind of looked at each other like, oh, okay, well, what's going on? Well, ah, eh, you know, Ray just wore that one time and and then kind of, you know, figured that that was not the way he was going to go. He was just an excellent player. He did. He could have worn anything and been just fine. And so Ray, you know, he kind of blended in right away and was just a tremendous asset to the band. As time went on, Kenny uh, finally left, and we were now looking for a keyboard player. And Ray Manette was playing with a guy named Mark Olson, and they were doing the the play in Detroit called Hair. This goes way back. And Ray mentioned Mark, and, and of course we had talked a little bit about Mark, didn't know much about him. But eventually uh, there was a night there where Mark, Eddie, and myself uh, went over to our rehearsal hall. We called it the pharmacy. It was an old... Uh, old drugstore in Detroit that we had rented and made it into our rehearsal studio. And so Mark and I were there and Eddie was there and we, uh, you know, didn't know much about each other and all our instruments were set up. So Mark got on the organ and I got on the drums and Eddie's playing some keyboard and we just started noodling around, just fooling around. And I noticed that... <clears throat> If I played a little harder, Mark would then play a little louder and a little harder, and then I'd play real, I'd play much stronger, and he would play stronger, and I got real nervous because I just felt that there was this subliminal competition going on. And so my immediate thought was, I didn't know if Mark was the right person for what we were looking for in Rare Earth. We were not looking for a somebody to take over, uh, to be real aggressive and, and, and take over things. We were looking for a group player, a team player. That's I've always wanted that in my life. I always I loved playing on a team and a band to me was a team. 
And it was, let's go out and win this game. You know, that's what it was all about for me. So I felt a little bit uh, not threatened because I'm not, I'm not threatened with anybody, but I just felt this, this competition that didn't feel healthy to me. Of course, I'm not, the, I'm not the one that makes the decisions for the whole band. Again, team players, you kind of talk to everybody on the team and see what the majority of the team feels. And actually, they, want, they have felt that Mark should be coming in the group. Well, okay, fine, let's go do that then. So we, came, we got in the group and we worked out and we rehearsed and there was no uh, real uh, danger with Mark. Everything was kind of fine in the beginning. It started off good. And, uh, you know, we were playing those three songs and, of course, working with uh, recording some more material uh, with uh, Tom Baird and uh, now with Mark and Ray in the band. And then, there, of course, there was John and me and Gil and Eddie. So it was time to start looking to what we were going to record next. And, of course, we learned all the, the first three hits, you know, with, with the new guys. And it all sounded great. We were, we were having a ball, and we were pretty pumped up about how things were taking shape. We functioned really well for the next year or so, playing shows and, you know, opening to some big, big acts. And then sometimes we were uh, second on the bill. Somebody else opened, then we would come up, and then the, the headline group would come on. And things were going good. We were gaining ground in, in the world here, in the music world. And uh, so now it was going to be time to record some more music. Motown was anxious to have us get with the right producer to craft the right music after we had done Get Ready. The success of Get Ready was pretty big. So there was a young fella at Motown that came from Vancouver, Canada, and his name was Tom Baird. And he was a fantastic uh, music man, arranger and, and, and writer and uh, just producer, all of it. And he was knocking around Motown, not getting a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of credit for how good he was. And he was introduced to us as a possible producer. And he came in and he sat down at the piano to show us a couple of, we had asked him what he had, you know, songs. And he showed us a couple of songs and one of them he played was called Born to Wander. And immediately when he played that song, I mean, no questions asked. I just looked at him and I thought to myself, this is the guy who understands what to do with our band. And this Born to Wander song, the lyric was just something that, I mean, it just touched my heart about being so, it was almost like it was written for, for us. And he played some other things too that were equally as strong. And it was just amazing that, you know, who was this guy and what, 
Where did he come from? What a great find for us. One, two, three. Well, thanks for listening. My name is Peter Rivera, original lead singer-drummer of Rare Earth, and I really appreciate that you've listened to these podcasts. I hope you come back and check out more. I've got a lot ahead of us and a lot of the story for you, so come on back and hang with me for a while. I bring you flowers, baby, cause you're the best. I'm gonna treat you so much better than 